I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. <laughs> Where are we starting right here? Yeah. Uh, yo, listen, a uh, little update. So I, I know we've talked about this already because uh, this happened last week, but last week I went to clinic for the first time since I started Trikafta. And uh, boy, howdy, did, it, did I feel dandy after that, that visit. Something, howdy, boys. Did that, I feel dandy? Is that, a, is that something that anybody ever said? I'm bringing it back, dude. But... Was it there, boy? Howdy, <laughs> to begin with. Oh, boy, howdy, absolutely. Yeah, this is that, that was like, uh, that was the that was the uh, the fetch thing to say. Is that in is that like the same era as Oive? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I look, we you know, we're trying to like we're trying to keep it hip and cool and fresh with the with the uh, zoomers out there. Well, we all yeah. have uh, we all have uh, we're, we're getting mullets now, we all have mullets, yeah, we yeah, all yeah, we yeah. All, are all working towards mullets, yeah. And um, and so boy howdy, I think is like I think this is really like cool fucking it's it's uh it's it's not L ratio. Uh, it's so it's Sorry. certainly not L ratio, Sorry. no cap. Um I just wanted to say uh uh um somebody Guys, I'm in the dark here. Somebody used uh Jonesen in our Discord the other day. Yeah. It was actually today. Oh I, and I, uh, I like Jonesen. I love Jonesen. And I was like, what is the history of Jonesen? Do you guys know uh, what it is? A heroin addiction. It is, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and so but the reason why is because when they would when a, a drug addict in like the sixties would go to a new city, they would ask other people on the street if they if they knew Mr. Jones. Yeah, like Mary Mary Jane. And so yeah, it was like uh, calling Chris or like yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. the like oh, yeah. any slang it was a slang term to like, Hey, I need some heroin. Right. And then and then when people started to get addicted, then they, they were, were like, Oh, you're Jones in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, cool. So anyway, I uh, went to the clinic for the first time since I started Trikafta. Yeah. And I knew that I was feeling really great. The last three months, you know, a, a quick little recap. Like before I started Trikafta, maybe for about a year, um, so pretty much like for all of 2021, I about like two to three days a week, I would um, be up at night coughing to the point of vomiting. Whoa. And... um Throughout the day, like whatever, feeling kind of fine, but it was like nighttime at home by myself or with a partner, and I would, I would like get into a coughing fit, cough till I threw up, threw up, and then it's over, and then repeat every you know every other odd day. And are you just throwing up like in, at the time where you're just throwing up because the coughing is so intense, you yeah. just vomit? So yeah. this is sorry, did you say this is pre trike after or started or pre, right after you started pre trike after? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, coughing so much that I and I think what's happening there is that the the like the act of coughing which is like squeezing in on my 
diaphragm and my mm. stomach, like I think that would be the thing that causes the vomit. Yeah, um, makes sense. So, so that was like a pretty regular occurrence. And the other thing is that I've always had sinus issues, which is kind of a, a direct result of CF. Um, every single day. This is like seven days a week, 365 days a year for the last couple of years. If I didn't take an Advil by noon, I would, I would start to have like almost migraine-esque sinus pain. Oh, and that can't be good on some level either, right? Like taking an Advil every day. No, like I, I mean, great. it's not, I, it's ideal. not ideal for sure. Um, you know, not great for your liver. Um, so, and I mean that from the sense of like having to take it, like yeah. not great to have to take it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so then I start Trikafta two days after two days of taking it, I stopped feeling the headaches and they never came back that, that like those days are gone. Right. Two days of taking two days. Trigaster. And it's been two, it's been three months. Three months. Yeah. Since November. Wow. Now. Q1, you might say. Yeah. Two or three days after taking it, uh, my cough disappeared completely. I'm a finance guy. So no cough and especially no cough at night, like and, and throwing up like that. That's gone. Yeah. But even throughout the day, like I just don't cough. It's just done. I don't cough at all. Um, and so that was kind of a wild feeling and and a wild realization like oh wow like i didn't realize how persistent i would cough i mean i'm sure if you if you're one of those people that's like trying to catch up on the podcast right now and you go back two years and listen to those older episodes you know a few times throughout the a one-hour conversation i'll let out a, yeah. a few coughs but you yeah. never coughed enough quite enough for the bbc's liking <laughs> yeah i was gonna say the same thing for people actually. who don't know i did an interview with the bbc radio once and uh, i coughed once in the interview and they they made a super cut of me coughing throughout the whole interview which didn't happen <laughs> it was i was like wow you guys really had to like jack up the intensity it's, like, it's so funny because like, listening, his sickness isn't coming through the radio listening enough. to it it sounded <laughs> Fake yeah, like, totally. It's the same <laughs> audio clip of the same yeah. cough. Yeah. Your brain just goes, huh? <laughs> so cough, cough disappeared. I'm, I, like in terms of my lung function, you know, I walked down an up Citadel Hill, which is a very steep hill in, here in the city. And I got to the top of the hill and I wasn't even remotely out of breath. Whereas like just walking on flat surface, I would, I would be winded before track after. Mm. So I knew that like, the, okay, this drug is like, has done some pretty great things and but statistically numbers wise like i don't know exactly what those things are so every single time that i go into the cf clinic which is about every three months the first thing we do is a pft test a, a lung function test and the lowest that i was at in 2021 the lowest that i blew was 58 percent that was at my my lowest in 2021 what was the longest you blew <laughs> <laughs> 58 seconds. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do. I do, I do know what you're saying. Yeah. You yeah. Saying? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like blowing dick. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> 63 centimeters, man. Oh, wow. Um, so my, my, but my, my average last year was 63. I was sitting around 63% most of the time. So I was like going into clinic and I was like, all right, we're going to fucking do this. We're going to do the PFT test. I'm going to find out how much my lung function actually is. I feel amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking I'll probably, I'm probably sitting around 70% just based on 
how I feel. I don't really know. It's hard to tell with those things. Like sometimes I'll go in and I'll blow 58 and I feel fine. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's really hard. But I was like, yeah, maybe 70. 70 would, be, would make me really happy. Which 70 from 63 is a... 8% increase? It's not, an, it's not or, an 8%. Sorry, it's, 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 it's a 7% I mean, increase? It's 8%. It's 7 percentage, seven percentage points, points. But, it's, points, but, but in terms yeah. of uh, from how many, what percentage is 7 of 60, an increase of, on 63 is far, 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 greater, far greater than that. Increase. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, right. The percentage increase. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I was thinking 70. And the base is 5, right? That, that was like what the guidance was for the drug, right? That you had to... You had to see like a minimum of a no of some type of so I I found out at clinic that that they actually changed that okay um so it's it's not just that they they're looking for a bunch of different factors and okay. and and if if that isn't a part of it it's it doesn't matter okay. should we should we guess what you blew I guess uh ninety seven percent okay wish that's what okay no. Uh, well, I know. So yeah, you know, I'm not gonna. I know. So, I actually know too. I just wanted to yeah. make the new number now underwhelming. So yeah, thanks. Wow, thanks for that. That's really horrible. Um, so so the uh, the RT who I usually do this test with, um, she was with a resident RT who was like in doing training. He was in his third year, and so she was like, "He's gonna run the show." And he's like this. He's this young you know, uh, very young. He's fucking very young, very young, like boy, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) And, uh, and he was a man, but he was very, he was very boyish. This young, this young man. And, um, was he cute? He was very cute. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And he, he was like, okay, yeah. Like we're going to like do this. And was he surprised at how long you blew? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well he was. So, so my first blow on in uh, with him, is he impressed? He was, he, he was like, wow. (laughs) Wow. That's what he did. He went, wow, 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 wow. Slow down, slow down. <laughs> Which is odd because usually they're like, don't slow down. Right? <laughs> yeah, they right? wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, <laughs> the first time I blew into it, um, he goes, holy shit. Whoa, whoa, really? Yeah, he yeah, said that. Yeah, and I was like, yeah? Because he had your number. Like, he, has, he, he, he sees knew, it. He knew what you're, and he knew you're older. That's right. It, it, you can tell, because I was, I've been at one of these appointments with you when you've done this, and I didn't realize that, like, I remember the, whoever was doing it when uh, we were there, they, like, I remember, there's a video of it, but they, I what? remember them looking at it and going, like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Good. But, like, they didn't say any numbers to yeah. you in, in the room when I was there. Yeah, so, so, um, so, to that point, usually when I do this test, what it is, is that you have a, a little like thing in your mouth, a little mm. tube, and you take a big, big deep breath in. And then you're supposed to expel as much air as fast and as hard as you can and constantly pushing it out, pushing it out, pushing it out until you're completely fucking empty. It's actually it's, it's really fucking crazy right? to watch. It's really intense. It's so much more intense than like you would guess. So like here, let's, yeah. here's a video of me doing it and just watch what happens when I get to the end of it, how hard I cough, okay? Here we go. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so there you go. That was the video. Um, obviously, the uh, Chippendale uh, uh, dancer is not typically present. Um, so, so you can see that I coughed really hard when that was over, right? Mm -hmm. So when I did this the other day at clinic, I, I blew and I blew and I blew and I blew. And I was like out of air, completely out of air. I was like, I was shaking because there was nothing left. And then I took a big breath in. No cough at all. Whoa. Which I was also like, what the fuck was that? That was crazy. Yeah. So the guy goes, holy shit. And he goes, last time you were in here, you were 58. Um, you just blew slightly over 79%. Whoa. And I was like, holy fuck. So he was like, we got to do it two more times. I was like, let's shoot for 80, dude. Let's get 80. He said 50, 79 was what you got? 79% is what I got. So I blew two more times and I blew the exact same thing both times. Just over 79%. It was like 79.2%. Wow. Whoa. That's a 36% increase. <laughs> Whoa. Dude, that, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So for reference, that is the highest my lung function has ever been in the last seven years. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Since before the podcast started. And I feel like when I Damn. met you, it was like eight, like 80-ish. Like you were, I feel like... I was like, I was, I, was, yeah, I was creeping into 70s around <clears> that time. It's wild that you can take a drug... And it just like makes something that you've lived with your entire yeah. life, like start, like not only stop affecting you in the way that it has been, but like actually like sort of reverse some of the effects yeah. that, that it's had on your body, which is. So crazy. another crazy thing is that I weigh the heaviest I've ever weighed in my life. I've, I gained uh, essentially just over 10 pounds in three months. Whoa. Since taking the drug, which is wild i feel like we've, i've never gained weight before for people who are just listening right now you're holding a, a piece of paper in your hand with like i'm um, presumably some of like this information on yeah it. yeah and uh i feel like we should get a fridge magnet and put it yeah, on the totally. fridge here. Yeah. <laughs> um the other thing is that one results the other thing is that proud of, um, our, proud of our baby boy chair <laughs> the other thing is that uh i was told that i can now stop taking my hypersaline hypertonic saline in my nebulizer whoa so that cuts out um, basically 20 minutes. That's to break up. Is the, the saline's to break up that's mucus? That's to chop up mucus in the lungs. They're like, don't you don't need it. Um, cool. and in a, and in one month. So that's like an hour of your day back. Yep. In one month, I'm going to trial stopping my palmazine in my mask. So I'll only be doing Ventolin. Which to do my Ventolin in my mask, if I just do Ventolin, it's about seven minutes. Oh, Whoa. Wow. How does that make you feel? Here's a crazy thing. Can you, can I have a request? Yeah. Just if you end up in the future not needing your uh, mask at all. Still take it on the road with us and turn it on when we're in bed. Yeah. It's really yeah. nice to yeah. fall asleep yeah. to <laughs> and to wake up to. Yeah. I really enjoy it. So, uh, so, so here's the, the other wild part. I was talking to the doctor afterwards and uh, she was like, uh, listen, we have patients at the clinic that are on it right now and they um they they don't do their mask at all anymore we've just given them a, a ventolin puffer that they carry oh, around wow whoa what does ventolin do ventolin opens up the small airways okay yeah so 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 i think what's happening here is that the airways in my lungs are no longer clogged with mucus and now there's just you know there's like the damage that has already been done and is irreversible and so there's those smaller airways that just don't work anymore. But then there's also the airways that are constricted a bit. And so I take the, the Ventolin to kind of like open that up a bit. Um, but here's some even crazier shit. Okay. 
So I was asking while I was there, I was like, all right, I got this newfound sense of breath. I've got, I've got like lots of energy. I feel fucking great. I want to, and, and I'm now gaining weight and that's kind of tripping me out. So I want to, I want to, I want to start going to the gym. I want to, Brian, Brian, you've been training pretty consistently. So I'm like, bulking season. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get bulked up, baby. And so like, and so I was like, yo, tell me gains. I want gains. gains all right. Yeah. Gains on gains. And, and the doctor was like, compound gains, compound gains. And so I said, what, do, like, how should I be approaching COVID right now? Like, are we, are we looking at me like a 70 year old man contracting COVID? And, um, the doc was like, listen, you're boosted plus the trikafta with those two things. If we just continue to see Omicron the way it is, I'm not worried at all. And she was like, look, we've had 25 patients in the CF clinic here who have contracted COVID since the Omicron wave in November. They all are on trikafta. They're all triple vaxxed and all of them experienced very minor subdued symptoms. Bingo. So she was like, go live your life. You know, um, don't be too worried about anything and like, just do your best. So that, so that was like, that was a fucking huge relief. But then we were talking about the craziness of the drug and she goes, you want to hear something really fucking wild? So at the CF, um, there's an annual CF conference that happens in Canada. And she was at the conference. And this woman from the U.S. came to speak at the conference. Now, this woman has CF. She was unable to get pregnant because of it. After she started Trikafta, she was able to get pregnant because the mucus clears up on, on, you know, in the cervix or like whatever's being clogged up. So now she can get pregnant. She decides to get pregnant with her husband, knowing that there's a, a very good chance that their baby is going to be born with CF. Baby is in her belly, in utero. They figure out, okay, the baby does have CF and it's a male. Now, 98% of males born with CF also can't um, have kids. And the reason for that is because we are born without a vas deferens. So in utero, the vas deferens doesn't form. We don't have the highway that gets the sperm out of the balls to the urethra. That's irreversible. You, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Trikafta is never going to fix that. Which, um, that which, which I should say, honestly, in the face of everything that we have talked about and know that is like surgically possible in the world of medicine and surgery, seems kind of crazy that they... Like they can, they can like redirect the blood flow of your heart. Yeah. With but we bypass, can't like, we but, can't just go like, let's insert a vast effort. Yeah. 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 That seems crazy to me, yeah. but they, yeah. they, they can, yeah. they can stick a needle in my balls and extract sperm and, and you can get pregnant that way. Right? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But uh, you I just can't, you just can't, sh- you just can't bacock. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> you can't what, sorry? Bacock. Oh, okay. Wait, but, but you do, right? I do bacock, but there's no there's no sperm in it. So you can do okay, IVF. Really, there's no. You can do IVF. No. You no can do IVF like Kyle and I did. Yes. It would just be a slightly more invasive. Yep. On your part. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just come in the cup. They need to yeah. stick a needle in your balls. So this woman gets pregnant. They find out your baby has CF. Your baby's going to be a male. She's on trikafta. The baby is born, and it is born with a vas deferens. It is born with no pancreatic issues and it is born without any presenting lung issues. And so the 
the medical team is like, holy fuck, this is wild. We don't often see this, especially with the gen- genetic mutation that this kid has. And they go, this is because of the trichafta. Whoa. So as long as this woman is breastfeeding this baby, that trichafta is going to continue to be in the system of the baby. I wonder, I wonder if, because I know we were, we were ch- you, you told me kind of the Coles notes of this the other day. I wonder if, I, w- I wonder how certain they are that, that she needs to keep taking the trichafta. Like, I wonder, because obviously she hasn't stopped taking it yet. I wonder if she stops taking it. Like, be- I mean, obviously the vast deference, that's not going away because that's a development thing. You know, it happened. Yeah. It, it formed. And I want, but I wonder also if, if the pancreas starts working, does it stop? Does it stop working? Like well, what, what, what's, what stays and what goes or. If- well, that, so that, so this is, we don't know. Right. Yeah. But, but I think the thought is that if once that baby stops breastfeeding, because trichafta is not um, approved for infants, it's not approved for kids under 12. So once that kid stops breastfeeding, there the fear is that his health is going to regress mm-hmm. and he's going to start developing the lung issues. The pancreas might stop working correctly. Um, and then, you know, like that isn't really reversible. Um, so there's a fear there that like, you know, like can we figure out a way to get Trikafta to infants so that this kid can just continue taking it? Is there a way like, like, you know, the we're way, far the away from way- that. In the same way that like the COVID vaccine was like gradually approved for like younger and younger. Well, they're working towards that. So yeah. right now they're working towards approval for five to 12. Okay. Yeah. Um, and of course, I'm sure that will just continue to go back. Because you could like, I mean. But again, there's the you cost could probably associated with it and all that stuff. Too. Like how, what's the longest that anybody's, not like. Eight none. years. I mean. You I can, feel like people you, breastfeed. You can for breastfeed a for a long time. time. There's a segment that they yeah. followed on your mom's house for a while. And there's <laughs> yeah. some. There's some long time. There's some eight-year-olds in the I mean, UK. really, if it came yeah, down yeah. to, like, your kid, you know, getting access to this yeah, medicine like, for, like, and I, it was approved for yeah. use after five, like. So, so now, I mean, get this. a case for that, for sure. Here's I, a, like, you can understand how that would be a. Yeah. Here's another fucking crazy thing. Because of this discovery, there's now discussion. And this is, we're not here yet. This isn't a thing, right? So, but there's discussion of maybe one day down the road, the possibility of somebody who doesn't have CF but care is the carrier of the of one of the genes like my mom and my dad both carriers don't have cf they have me and i have cf so two parents that are carriers they get pregnant turns out they find out that the baby has cf in utero that there's this notion of like well maybe one day if that is the case we treat that mother who does not have cf with trikafta mm. in order to have a beneficial effect on the baby being born without the devastating effects of CF. Mm, that's interesting. Did they talk? Was that a topic at that? It's, yeah, that, it was. It was the. Th- it was one of the things that were brought up in the discussion at the. Uh, interesting. At the, uh, yeah, isn't that it fucking is, fascinating? I mean, you, like you also think of like, and now maybe not even as far out in the future as like things like CRISPR to treat yeah. things like this in, in <laughs> yeah. utero, which is yeah, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. CRISPR. The the I think the thing. I, you know, I don't know enough about it really to say, but but my my thinking would be that <clears throat> because the because anything that is uh because anything that goes generation to generation yeah. at this time is like a hard no ethically yeah yeah i don't know <clears throat> I, I don't know if that would be the case um but i guess if you could just 
if they developed it so that you'd still get it, but then they could know it and just make the alteration, make an alteration that doesn't get passed on, but it ends with you. So that if it does get passed on, you would do the same thing again. Yeah, right, right. Instead of, right. because I, cause I, know that, I know that that seems to be the thing that they're going, this will, you know, in, in the world where with the ethical framework that we have right now as like a human species, nothing that gets passed on generation to generation will yeah. probably ever make its way into <clears throat> humans, at least how we, how we look at it now. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, imagine you could go in, turn off that gene while the kid's born, wait until they turned five, and then, you know, if Tricapta was approved for five-year-olds to use, then just turn it back on, like edit yeah. undo, and then... Isn't it crazy that, like, that's, <laughs> that's, um, that's, like, you know, close to a decade of your, of your, of your life is now back. Like, you yeah. got, like... Yeah, you're right. you're essentially yeah. like a decade younger. You how, yeah. How does that feel? Oh, like what like what were what were you feeling like when you went into Oh, I cried. Yeah. Yeah, like I I I I was That's I was oh, I was too. overwhelmingly elated. I I think we talked briefly about this before but I I think I asked you if you were nervous going into it and uh, you were saying that like you felt good so like you weren't nervous but but, but like was it was it better than you expected? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I cuz I was I was I had the, I was like 70% like I, yeah. I'm gonna hit seventy percent. That's gonna be really cool. And then it was it was eight, it was eighty. You <laughs> yeah. know, it was basically eighty. And I was like, whoa, 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 that's you know. And and who knows? Maybe this will. Maybe in the next time I go in, it will increase even a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know. We'll yeah, I wonder out. how long it takes to expect the yeah. Like they expect that you'll get the full benefit of it by a certain time. Yeah. Um, speaking of expectations too, like the last time we had this in depth <clears throat> tricapta conversation was right before. Like as you were getting tricapted the first yeah. time you took it, yeah, um, and like there were you know expectations around like how you might feel and <clears throat> a lot of question marks, I guess more yeah, so around it. Some like um, identity stuff and like how how have you found that been over the last three months? Uh, once the dust settled and I started taking it and feeling great, it's like it's been it's just been awesome, you yeah. know. Like I. I, I didn't really, I actually, I had a conversation with Steph Strecko. I, I ran into, uh, who's a past sick boy, I guess has CF and, and, uh, and also had uh, testicular cancer. And he, he's been on Tricap a little bit longer than me, a, few, a couple months longer. And I ran into him going into uh, propeller the other day. And uh, one of the things that he said to me was like, the thing that blows my mind is how I, I now don't, even on a subconscious level, I don't think about my CF. And he was like, that's the biggest thing for me that I've, I've, I realized. And it wasn't until he said that, that I went, oh yeah, that's the, that, that's it. Like that is the key thing that's happening right now, which is every single day, every single cough, every single sinus headache, every single time I was like slightly more out of breath and noticing that like, oh, that's, that's a new thing. Like on a subconscious level, I'm, it's always on my mind. It's always there. Even with COVID, you know, like mm -hmm. COVID going around, it's like, it's always this, this thing on the back of my mind. And when Tricapta came along, it, that totally went away. Like I don't think about it at, at all, which in fact changed the way that I felt about COVID even before they told me to like, to just live your life. Yeah. It even changed my, you know, not that it like made me less risk aware, but it just made me a little less, 
like subtly anxious, Mm -hmm. you know, like it was just a, there was a clarity there, a mental clarity in that. I, I, there's, there's like a little bit of fog that's lifted, but like this, this little voice that's just gone, you know, and on a brighter, my brain's quieter on a practical level. I don't know why I never think about your CF really consciously really, but it it was probably on the day that you said that. It must have been on the day that you said that because I don't see why I would just randomly think about your CF. But I was uh, working out, doing a ride, and and I thought to myself, for some reason, I went, I thought to myself, I thought to myself how hard it would it would be for you to find time to work out because I went, you know, con- consider if we just considered our lives like equal in terms of like things that we do which is probably probably true but it's like well the one thing that i don't have to do is wake up in the morning and do a bunch of medicine yeah and i don't have to do that before i go to bed so like even though they're on the bookends of the day like those are two time commitments that just don't exist for me yeah and because time especially as we get older seems like such a such a scarce resource yeah like an yeah, hour, I can like you're yeah. getting 30 minutes back on either end of your day. Yeah, can be like that's and the, so significant. Like a really good point there. My mask in the mornings now went from 35 minutes to seven minutes, yeah. and the thing that I noticed, and the, you know, this is really like small stuff, but like it it really does add up. The thing that I noticed is that because it's only seven minutes. You know, when I do my mask, it's I my the alarm goes off, I roll over, I put the mask in, and I know I'm gonna be laying there for 30 minutes. So I like doze back to fucking sleep for 30 minutes until my my alarm goes. And it's like, okay, 30 minute timer, 35 minute timer goes off. I know I'd turn off my mask. Now I wake up, I put the mask in, it's only on for seven minutes. I don't have time to fall back asleep. And so it's literally changing my that morning sucks, routine. Dude. No, it's, it's fucking great because I, I because I'm I'm really bad for like like just know, staying in bed, you know, like me too. And and I want I don't want that. I want to fucking yeah. get up and like seize the day and start fucking making shit happen. Yeah. So it's 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 changed my morning routine. Which like for people who who if you know this, you know this. Like to to alter a routine to make things more productive, it has it has really compounding effects on your mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just like one small aspect of this whole thing that is like the, these subtle changes that are really making a big impact. So anyway, it's a fucking amazing. And, uh, and Pfizer bang up job. You guys made a great pill. Wait, uh, isn't it vertex? Uh, yeah. Ver- uh, sorry. Vertex. Uh, thank you. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut this out because this episode's actually brought brought to you, uh, brought to you by Vertex. <laughs> Vertex, I'm so sorry. Please don't please don't take the drug away from me. Um, whoever made it, good job. Um, let's move right along here. Uh, this is a fucking crazy story. Uh, one of you guys dropped this in the uh, in the Slack feed. Man has legs and fingers amputated after eating leftover noodles <laughs> and suffering organ failure. Dude, I, Whoa, saw that. A, I saw that like right after we recorded last week. Holy shit. It's a wild It's such a title. bummer to read this because there's nothing I love more than leftover like low main. A young man in New England underwent multiple amputation, amputations after eating leftover low main noodle uh, and suffering from multiple organ failure. I hate leftovers. Except for pizza. Oh, man. 
Well, leftover pizza. You might never want to oh, touch leftovers again. I really like leftover uh, Thai. Yeah, leftover noodles are always good. Yeah. They're, they're always better the second time around. Yeah. The 19-year-old man's case was documented in the New England Journal of Medicine in March of 2021 and recently went viral after being illustrated in a fictional portrayal on YouTube. According to findings in the NEJM, <laughs> that sounded so weird. Yeah, right. It's actually it, it's actually from a YouTube series this doctor has where he um, his name is uh, uh, Chubby Emu, um, and he he does these um, he does these breakdowns of really fucked up and horrible things that happened to like patients. So like what well, he did. An Does episode, he do reenactments where he plays all the characters? No, no. He has actors that plays that <laughs> play these things out. So oh. like he, he did one on like the kid that ate the Tide Pods and what happened to their body. Uh. It's a fascinating. It's actually quite a good uh, series. He's got like over 2 million subscribers. Um, according to the finds in the NEJM report, the man was fine until about 20 hours after eating the rice, chicken and lo mein meal left over from a restaurant. After that period, he developed abdominal pain, nausea, and started vomiting. So it sounds like he's got food poisoning. Like, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. He also experienced chest pain, shortness of breath, blurry vision, among other symptoms. Quote, multiple episodes of emesis occurred with vomitus that was either bileless or red-brown. So he was puking up like oh. reddish brown bile. Oh. The abdominal pain and vomiting were followed by the development of chills, generalized weakness, progressively worsening di di diffuse uh, mile yeah. gaze, uh, chest pain, shortness of breath, headache, neck stiffness, and blurry vision. Neck stiffness. Dude, mine. That's you. I know. That's you right now. Stiff right now? I, my neck yeah, has dude. been stiff for like two and a half weeks. So I thought I I, 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 I started to think that I had like an issue that wasn't just stiffness, but now it was really stiff. And I think I overstretched it. And I think I actually fucked up like a tendon or a ligament at the base of my skull from oh. trying to stretch it out. And that and that's what prolonged it. Anyway, it's I wonder if it had anything to do with the PFTs you've been doing, you know, with the 68 centimeter lung function test. Yeah, <laughs> I blew long and hard. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm curious to you, like you've. Like just to touch on something you've said, I think maybe in the past few weeks now, um, you had the uh, so you had like the the you got the booster shot and you had the really bad reaction mm -hmm. and like your heart was a bit weird. Mm -hmm. You've got neck stiffness. You've got like some weird stuff going on in your body, and you've said a number of times that like you you have the tendency to like just av avoid going to get things checked out. Do you feel like you should be considering no. possibly going and getting checked for no. anything? Or no, because like, I went to the hospital after I, after right, yeah, several yeah. days of experiencing yeah. chest pain from after I got the booster. And, but and did I'll, you advocate hard enough for yourself? Yeah, well, I, I had a I had a I had a pretty good chat with the doc there, and and I and I thought as rationally and clearly about it as I thought I could, and I was like, ah, well, this is if there is something going on. It's not detectable from diagnostics, so it's mm -hmm. it doesn't seem something to be worried about. I have had that pain in my chest, which is subtle, since then, and it has not stopped. And just again, to be clear, too, like could and, be because he you, broke your fucking no, no, no. Ribs. I was just gonna say, be clear. No, it's not about that. That it's definitely not from me no, doing CPR. No, 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 it's you. not from right. me. Right. Okay. It's not in okay. the same might place. Be. You might, you yeah. might have like crushed his heart a little bit. <laughs> it's yeah. not in the. It's not in the same place. But it. Okay, but thank God. It, it, <laughs> I, I still do feel it. It's just not. Um, I just don't think it's of concern. 
it's almost like, and it's also because it now, because it happened, whether it was from getting the booster shot or not, it's not harmful to me. So it doesn't really matter if it is or not. Mm -hmm. Like if it was from the booster, I don't think it matters because it's not going to hurt me, but it's hard to separate it from getting the booster because it, because your mind makes that, that, that correlation and you can't separate. Well, here's where you should be concerned. If uh, you start experiencing what this young man did, he also experienced purplish discoloration of the skin. Check Uh, your skin. He was eventually taken to pediatric intensive care unit at mass general uh, the man was treated for shock, organ failure, skin molt, skin molting, and a rapidly progressive reticular rash. Uh, from there, doctors amputated both of the man's legs below the knees and different parts of his fingers. It feels, it feels like that escalated really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm not worried. And I don't think <laughs> that I got what this guy's got. According to Newsweek, the hospitalized man quote had only received one of three doses of menin- uh, meningococcal con conjugate vaccine without a booster and had also only had one dose of the sero group b meningococcal vaccine out of two or three doses recommended by the center for so we got control. so we got meningitis i guess so yeah um, from low main yeah yeah so uh wait so but why eat leftovers folks. why leftovers though is that like does so the so bacteria grow on yeah so here's the what? thing that they, and they don't say this in the article but it is in the video um by uh by chubby emu the the it, he it wasn't his low main it was his roommates and his roommate mm. put the leftovers in the fridge roommate was gone this kid's like fuck i'm hungry it's cold out don't want to go eat, like get food my roommate won't mind i'll just eat some of his leftovers roommate comes home this kid's laying on the floor being like oh fuck i like i got fucking food poisoning from your shitty chinese food and the roommate goes dude that I that shit made me fucking throw up yesterday. I should have thrown it out. Oh, I don't know no. why I put it in the fridge. Oh, so already dude, it was bad Hold food. On. Yeah. The guy ate food. It made <laughs> yeah. him throw up yeah. and he put it in the fridge. Dude, they're 19. Think about the dumb shit you do when you're a fucking kid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's next level dumb. I, yeah. I uh, I hope that I shouldn't say it. Never mind. I was going to say You're going to say you hope he di- he dies. No, no, no. I was going to say that. I was going to say I hope that he didn't ask if he could eat the leftovers and then he learned a valuable lesson from oh, Jesus for approaching the leftovers. Yeah, the valuable lesson is don't eat. Like Dude, just fucking ever, don't yeah. eat anything ever. Men yeah, I don't actually hope that just to clarify. Oh, yeah. So uh, Wait, so hold on. Wait, when do you get your when do you get your meningitis vaccine? Is that a baby thing? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever had one. That I can remember. I don't know we about had it. we had somebody with uh, we did yeah also nineteen yeah yes uh, a, a friend of yours who paddled right that's right yeah, yeah. um here's an interesting article uh, that also made me chuckle uh, the Pentagon says Nintendo generation has weak skeletons <laughs> according to a U.S. Army major. America's youth, <laughs> America's youth are living a sedentary life that makes them fragile, prone to injury, and harder to, to successfully and easily transition from civilian life to the military. That's the most this boomerish thing I've ever is. heard. I Calling somebody the Nintendo, the Nintendo generation. generation. I know. And also probably not even referring to people who grew up playing Nintendo. I know, because like, it, this isn't the Nintendo generation. No, dude. it's TikTok generation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, news, the news came from an official press release posted by the Defense Visual Information Distribution Service a hub of official pictures, videos, and news published by the Pentagon. The article titled, quote, Why Today's Gen Z is at Risk for Boot Camp Injuries 
interviewed Army Major Jean-Marc Thibodeau, a clinical coordinator in charge of medical readiness at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri. When asked about the youth of today, Major Thibodeau was straightforward. Quote, the Nintendo generation sol- soldier skeleton is not toughened by activity prior to arrival, so some of them break more easily, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, Yo, this guy busted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no cap. Cap uh Captain Lydia Blondin, assistant cap, chief cap, cap, uh, no cap captain. Uh, chief of the physical therapy in Leonard Wood Army Community Hospital detailed the kind of injuries she's seen in the so-called Nintendo generation. Quote, we see injuries ranging from acute fractures and falls to tears in the ACL to muscle strains and stress fractures, with the overwhelming majority of injuries related to overuse, she said. Yeah, it should really read. Um, uh, cap- captains in the military need to go to more therapy, taking out anger on young kids yeah. and causing unnecessary harm to them during trainings. So, so injuries in no basic wrong. trainings are nothing new, and neither is the Pentagon or the U.S. government shaming children into <laughs> eating less and exercising more. In 1960, um, President-elect John F. Kennedy penned an op-ed in Sports Illustrated uh, where he opined about the soft American Nintendo generation is a new spin on the soft American, uh, but it's also outdated. The generations of kids whose parents thought Nintendo was a stand in for all video games were generation X and the millennials back in the days, the Nintendo enter- entertainment system and super Nintendo entertainment system dominated pop- popular culture conceptions of video games. If Gen Z, which is far more likely to have grown up playing Minecraft, Call of Duty, or Fortnite, (laughs) saw that Major Thibodeau was still thinking of them as the Nintendo generation, they'd probably think it's really embarrassing for him. It's cringe, as they would say. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody in the military thinks the younger generation is soft. Retired Navy Admiral William H. McRaven, former head of Special Operations Command, once said that anyone calling millennials soft had never seen them fight in a firefight in Afghanistan. Uh, despite Major Thibodeau's problems with the Nintendo generation, the Pentagon has been actively courting them to uh, o- over the past few years uh, by dropping millions of dollars on schemes to make Navy sailors and Army soldiers into esports stars on Twitch. The <laughs> Nintendo, yeah, there's a, there's and, and then the final right. sentence was: you, the Nintendo wait, generation didn't care much for it. Wait, can you they, back up? And what, what did you say there? They're 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 trying to yes. Despite con- Major Thibodeau's problems with the Nintendo generation. The Pentagon has been actively courting them over the past few years mm-hmm. by dropping millions of dollars on schemes to make Navy sailors and Army soldiers into esports stars on Twitch. There's a lot of. But why does a lot of? Why uh, does the Pentagon want to make current current uh, um, members like what's the fucking broad word? Enlisted Army me- enlisted people, yeah. Army members. Why do they want to make them esports to stars? make? The army cool. Oh, right. yeah, to make the navy there's, cool. There's a ton of uh, big like uh, Twitch <laughs> streamers that are also are like active duty service members um, who talk about like their active duty stuff yeah. on on stream. It's actually it's pretty interesting. But yeah. uh, the the funny thing is, I bet Major Thibodeau really likes um, when he gets the, the Nintendo generation flies drones around mm-hmm. and uh, and conduct drone yeah. strikes in different places. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I thought that was really fucking funny. You like, know who, what, a, you what know, a loser. You know who this what reminds me of? a fucking loser, dude. You know who this reminds me of? Who I pictured while you said that whole thing was the guy, the guy who plays the, uh, who, who plays the character and don't look up. Yeah. Who, 
who yeah. goes to the space. Tr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron Perlman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. His character. Um, this uh, this next story has nothing to do with Sick Boy at all, but but uh, it really it really made me chuckle. Uh, this was dropped in our Discord. Um, which uh, thank you to to all of our our Discord uh, uh, pals. Hey, uh, join for free now. Yeah, you can uh, you can join the Discord. Uh, link is in the episode description. Pugs, not um, drugs. Dog. Wordle is not just an addictive game; it has potentially saved the life of an eighty year old woman. Oh yes, I saw this. This elderly woman was rescued from a seventeen hour hostage situation in her own home after she did not send her completed Wordle to her daughter. Dude, this is a story of mental health. Totally, yeah, sure. Denise Holt, a resident of Lincolnwood neighborhood in Chicago, was asleep when a naked knife-wielding intruder broke into her home in the middle of the night. The intruder threatened to cut her if she screamed, but later asked her to help warm him up in a bath. Eventually, the man locked her in the basement bathroom of her house without food or medication. She said, quote, I didn't think I was going to live. I was in shock. I was trying to survive. Holt did did exercises to keep herself warm in the basement bathroom, which had no windows. Uh, the bathroom was barricaded shut with a chair. Meanwhile, Holt's eldest daughter, Meredith, who lives in Seattle, noticed that her mom was not responding to text messages and had not sent her the daily Wordle, which is something that she had never missed. Meredith tried to reach her mother on the landline, but she didn't respond. She reached out to a neighbor, but Holt didn't answer the door, despite her uh, car still being in the driveway. So Holt's daughter then informed the police who reached a, the spot and used a stun gun through a hole in the door to subdue and arrest the man. Whoa. Officers believe the intruder had experienced mental health, a mental health crisis. Yeah. Uh, and, quote, I never thought in a million years that this was happening, but it was, Meredith said. And here's a photo of Meredith, and I love that they included, like, her <laughs> Wordle score for that day. Um, I don't remember what the word would have been. Maybe vivid. It was a tough one. She looks like she fucking nailed it. Um, <laughs> and so the reason I bring that up is because uh, you can join our Discord right now. And uh, one of the best parts of our Discord is our Wordle channel, which everyone is dropping their fucking answers in there and or their results. And I'm telling you right now, Mel, if I don't see your Wordle today, tomorrow, the next day, the day I don't see it, we're calling a welfare check just to make sure. I should, you could say, I should get into life. Wordle. I haven't really gotten should, into yeah. it. Oh, it's, it's really fun. You'd really like it. I mean, I've played it, but like, it's, it's kind of like VR. It doesn't, yeah. like, it's, I'm like, ah, that's cool. Yeah. I, it's a nice thing to do out over morning coffee. It's like a nice yeah. little, like, all right, I'm going to sit here, take like 10 minutes. It's really minutes. a game for intellectuals, really. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. 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 And so I'm, you'd probably like it. Oh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Bri, this, uh, this story, this next story, I think you're going to find very interesting. I, really I thought so. you were going to, I really thought you were going to insult me there. I wasn't. I just, I feel like you'd really like it. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, uh, babies born to identical twin parents are cousins and genetic brothers too. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, Repeat? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll read this and tell me what you think this means. Babies born to identical, identical twin parents are cousins and genetic brothers, too. Yeah. And so it's, the parents, it, the whole thing is in there. It makes total sense, but break this down. The I'm parents in. are identical twins of each other and they're married and they had kids. No, yeah. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, it would, yeah. Identical twin brothers, <laughs> yeah. like my yeah. brother and I, find identical twin sisters. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Each marry them. Okay. Yeah. We both have the same DNA. The sisters both have the same DNA. Yeah. So even though our kids are cousins by birth, they're also by brothers. family tree. They're genetically the by same. DNA. Right. That's right. Brothers oh, that's or sisters. Crazy. So um, if twin brothers yeah. marry twin sisters and both couples have babies, what does that make? Their Actually, so, so I'm siblings the, both. The way that I interpreted that was that 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 there was like they were maternal. Is it maternal or fraternal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fraternal twins, brother yeah. and sister, fraternal <laughs> twins. <laughs> Fuck. Just made a baby. Yeah. And made a baby. And That's then- called not good. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, I have beef with this article right away. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Do you want to go into it or do you want me to continue the article first? Uh, I mean, I'll start and then you can see where this goes. But sure. uh, uh, I think that you have a really, you have a problem with your own individual identity. If you're marrying a twin sister with your identical twin brother, who's also marrying well, the other twin sister. Yeah. Well, here and it and it screams, um, screams, screams, <laughs> screams. Uh, you need to go to therapy. To me. Oh wow. Right. So wow. I'm just beefing. I'm re- I'm ready to right, beef well, here. This. So let's, uh, let's uh, see where this goes. Identical <laughs> twins, Brit, uh, Brianna and Brittany. Uh, thirty-five met identical twins Josh and Jeremy. Shut well, that's that's up. why they that's why these people have identity issues. So, so <laughs> their parents basically yeah, named the, probably yeah. dressed them the same. Oh, dude, it's, this is a. I got a video for you. Yeah, dude, oh, this dude, is yeah, a, this yeah. is rotten. Right this to the TLC right from day one. fucking A and E show yeah. thing for it's sure. A bunch of it's a bunch of TLC shows wrapped up into one. <laughs> Brittany is, yeah. and Brianna were actually a part of a TLC show. And let's watch this clip right here. We drive to the same law office and work on the same cases. We split up for the first time in our lives to go to two different law schools in two different states. And it's a decision that we uh, regret. <laughs> and then how about pants? What do you want to wear for pants? Let's take a look. Me without Brianna is not perfectly me. Okay, now where's the other pair? I, I mean, nah, nah. It's got to be in my closet. <laughs> it's I guess. So, it's so unhealthy. It. Just wait for it. Just we wait for it. We very much like looking the same. We like looking no. as identical as possible. We don't look identical. We definitely feel stress. Are you wearing lip gloss already? Yeah, I, I already put any, it on. I don't have any lip gloss on. <laughs> there. Now we're even. <laughs> I feel like our braids are not the same length. Is that what's? Has it been like that the entire time? Oh my Man. god, dude. You know I, what? There's there's you know, the, the thing is is that you know what? Live your life however the fuck you want to live it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pass judgment in the way in the You guys are passing hard. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pass judgment in the sense that like you can't do that and live an ultimately fine life. But you there are doors that you have never walked through yeah. Be, that are because that doors are, are only meant for one person at a time. The problem with this and the reason why I feel so judgmental about this is because and well it's because I so to, to me and like yeah it's hard not to be judgy in saying things like this but like but like the thing is is 
How's there the are so many people. Like you would call them cringe no cap. I'm learning about no cap, etiquette. baby girl. You'd be like, <laughs> you straight up would watch and that video and go, L. We met them. We married L ratio. L ratio. Yeah. This fucking well, shit. But here's the problem though. The problem with this is that is, is I don't. I'm Jeremy. It's not their fault. It's the people who have enabled this in their lot. In their so. There are many instances that I can think of in like my early like childhood us. where like they there's a very 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 vivid example that I have of this. And, uh, and if Dennis together, is listening, um, so I'm interested if, if he remembers identical. this. Too bad his name's not Bennis. Um, we <laughs> well, that's one problem. Brian and Bennis. <laughs> we dated for about six uh, but but we went to oh Disney World as like ten year olds, and um, I remember going to Disney World. I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast once before. But when Dennis and I were walking around Florida, there was like our first family trip outside of the country. So we've been married um, for a little over two years I remember years wanting now, to have like the exact same experience as Dennis. So that, like, with each other we could like talk we about do. it and help each other He's remember been, like, number one. it. And so and like, I was walking in the same spots two. where I mean, he was walking. Like really I was like following him <laughs> around and Brittany like and wanting to make sure that I was recreating the exact same experience as him. And I don't know how like whether or not somebody said like my parents said don't do that or like what happened that made us not do that. Anyway. And maybe it was Same just answer. for that trip that, that I did that. But like looking back on that now, I think about how problematic that would be for like for my own individual sense of self-identity and growing up as an identical twin. One of the hardest parts is that everybody around you sees you as one thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're like all my friends growing the friends in like school and stuff. Acquaintances would be like, those are the Stever twins. Like those yeah. are the twin brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's so hard to have your own self sense of self identity. And so with people who are not like actively saying to you like, Oh, well, you know, like you guys are your own individual people. I could very easily see how things like this can happen. And like, man, it's, it is really cringe to hear somebody yeah. say, refer to themselves as we like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah anyway it just, and you create i feel like, really bad for them and then you're and then and then that 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 then creates the psychological space for stress to sprout up when you like don't have the same shade of of pink sweater on totally whatever yeah and you're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's like yeah. well is that gonna be good for you yeah and like, and people might say, well, like, well, they're happy. And I would, I would challenge that and say like, well, what, like, what makes you happy as a person? Like, are you like, did, do they feel like, and, and maybe on a conscious level, they feel like they're happy, but on a subconscious level, like if one twin wants one thing and the other one doesn't, but they feel like they have to go along with it because, you know, they don't do anything separate from, from one another, <clears throat> then does that cause, you know, stress and resentment and, and like mental health issues that just go unnoticed for years. Um, I don't know. Like, and I how many answer, opportunities but. and experiences and fucking, I mean, anything that you could think of that could happen in your life that you, that you don't pursue or you yeah. just decide to turn yeah. down because it doesn't coincide with what's this, what, with mm -hmm. what your sibling is doing. And we obviously all make sacrifices in our lives to to either be in a relationship with somebody or whatever. That that's that's fine, and that happens over that happens all the time. We we make those sacrifices, but when it's pre built in mm -hmm. that it that there's no that you can't you can't that that's not a choice. Yeah. 
that's, that's I, I think tough. of I think of, I just one just one last thing I want to add to that is is um, right before I came here I was talking to my brother on the phone and uh, we had this like forty five minute conversation and, and we don't talk uh, a lot, like we go through like waves of like keeping in touch a lot and then and then not talking for a little bit but like in that forty five minute conversation like I was learning a lot from my brother like he was telling me about these unique experiences that he's having and and um like the conversation was really interesting because he was sharing these new perspectives on things and telling me about things that I didn't know about and and so I'm learning from him and if we just had the an experience that was ex- an exact mirror image of of each other's life experience then I feel like I wouldn't take I wouldn't benefit yeah Maybe must be hard to have those conversations, like, though, because the two of you literally sp- s- like speak at the exact same yeah, time. Yeah. You know, yeah, and like yeah. that's highly annoying yeah, like yeah. to hang out with you well, guys. Well, it's actually, I mean, we're not even, now we don't even speak. It's just like telepathic. Yeah, yeah, and right. yeah, it's yeah. just a sharing of I mean, you uh, might yeah. as well be, to me, you might as well be Dennis. I know, yeah. Dennis. <laughs> um, so the girl, uh, Brittany and uh, Brianna and Josh and Jeremy, uh, they all fell in love uh, at the Twins Day Festival in, in Twinsburg, Ohio. Um, fucking hate. Uh, they were festival. they they were proposed to. Hold on, did you make that up? Nope. Twins Day <laughs> Festival in Twinsburg, Ohio. It's an annual event that brings thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of twins together. I actually know about Guys, this. And the city, huge. the we city should. is called Twinsburg, which is why they host it there. Yes. Like that's right. the only re- like that's why they go. decided. There's, to oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. I, I I don't think I could do it. That would honestly. be funny though to go. It would be. It would, yeah, it would uh, be sad. So the girl, the girls <laughs> fell for the boys. Uh, they were proposed to side by side and returned to the Twins Day Festival the following year to be married at a joint wedding. Uh, fast forward a few years, <laughs> and the sisters each had a baby, albeit three months apart. Uh, not everything can be totally insane. Um, quote, you've heard the term Irish twins, and you've heard identical twins and fraternal twins, Brianna's, uh, Brianna's told NBC's Today. What are Irish twins? Uh, uh, when you're born... Um, when you have a baby that is um, uh, uh, within like nine or ten months of the other baby, oh, so it's like literally you have a baby and you like become pregnant almost immediately. Right. Like a Catholic With, I think twin, it's, because they're I think just it's, banging the moat so yeah, much. I think it's yeah. less than twelve months apart. So, uh, okay. so she says, but we have quaternary twins. Quaternary twins are defined as the offspring born less than nine months apart and two sets of identical siblings. They don't share a womb or even a parent, but the DNA they inherit from their twin parents make them not only cousins, but genetic brothers. The couples who share a joint Instagram page, cool, uh, posted the interesting scientific fact alongside a photo of their babies. Uh, there's no, no denying that Jax and Jet share a resemblance. Let's clip this conversation. Let's Holy clip this shit. bit and tag them on Instagram. Oh, my oh, God. No, they, hey, they seem happy. Now, both families share a home, um, a business, and judging by their Instagram account, a wardrobe. They all share a home. This is fucking crazy. Everyone uh, dresses identically to their identical siblings all the time. Quote, we get asked if we're twins every day of our lives. We do everything together, Jeremy told the Smith Mountain Eagle last year. It's rare for us not to even uh, not to do even the smallest thing together, like going to the grocery store. We've done it that way our whole lives. The girls are the same way. So it was only natural for us to move in together after we were married. Um, she also told today that her situation is an exceedingly rare one. Quote, there's only 300 quaternary marriages known in the history of the world. Let's, I mean, again, like I said... You can live a happy life. That just screams problem. 
makes me sad. Oh man, it makes me really happy that you guys had such strong reactions to that. Um, you don't? I mean, no. I like. I, I think it, no. I like. I, it's fucking. That doesn't make for, you feel no. bad. For, nah. for me, it's for nah, me. I it's, mean, it's really they're happy. It's it's. Uh, they like to assume no, they're happy. I, no, I know, and I and I. Yeah, I if they're I happy, then cool. I'm cool. Whatever. It's, it's really personal for me because, like, I really feel like for a long <laughs> time in my life, like I struggled with trying to have my own personal sense of self identity, yeah. and so like, so like when I hear that, I'm like. I feel bad. Like I feel bad for them in the sense that like I project and presume that like, Oh, they just didn't ever find that. Like they didn't yeah. ever find that. Sense it's, of it's, or they it's, found it's, it together at the exact no. same time. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a, to me, it's a, it's a sadness of not like, I, I think that there's some, there's some truth to going. If you don't know, like ignorance is bliss. Yeah. So, yes. so, yeah. The, so they don't, that, so they will be happy in the life that they know. And, the, and I think that that's great mm-hmm. and that's fine. And I hope that they continue to have that until the day mm-hmm. they die. But there is so <laughs> much that is being missed yeah, out I, that they will never know. And that's what makes me sad. It's the stuff that they'll never yeah, know, that they'll yeah. never get to discover because totally. of the situation that they've set up. I 100% themselves. agree with that. And also, I don't think my opinion on this is right. It's just how I feel. Yeah. Like, this is just really strong feelings that yeah. I have about so, this thing. If you want to write in <laughs> letters at Sick Podcast, let us know what you think about Brian and Taylor having such fucking closed minds <laughs> towards these very sweet, sweet couples <laughs> that just seem to be living a really fun life. Um, and uh, hey, they got their own TV show. So like they're doing something right. Uh, all right, let's move right on to what the hell? Um, this is uh, this is all the weird phobias. Oh my God. Oh. So, Bri, you uh, you shared this, uh, and I find I found this to be very interesting. I'm really excited. There's a huge this. list of like 20 weird phobias. Um, uh, I just I I I took a few of them here, and I kind of want to play a game. So I'll I'll name the phobia, and you try to guess what the phobia is ab- mm. about. Mm-hmm. Okay, and these are crazy words. So give me a moment here. Arachibutrophobia. Oh, uh, Arachi. Butriophobia. I know this one. So Arachi butriophobia. I think, well, it has something to do with spiders. It's like an offshoot of a spider phobia. You're getting that from the Iraq? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a... Arachi butriophobia. It's a, it's a fear of the, of a, of the, of, of the venom that a, that a certain spider might produce? Very close. It is a fear <laughs> of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Arachibutriophobia is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. And while the phenomenon has happened to everyone at one point or another, people with arachibutriophobia are extremely afraid of it. The phenomenon being the peanut butter stuck on the roof of your mouth, not actually being oh, afraid of it. Oh, I, was I, saw like, you, I saw you looking like, I've, I've never, never been afraid of that. <laughs> yeah. The severity of arachibutriophobia varies from person to person. Some with this condition may be able to eat small amounts of peanut butter, but others will completely avoid eating peanut butter or anything with a similar consistency. Arachibutriophobia is a rare phobia that can stem from a greater phobia of sticky things or fear of choking. It may mm. also stem from a traumatic incident with peanut butter, such as choking on or being allergic to it. Man, it's so interesting to think about the genre of horror movies that could be written just specifically for people with these like phobias. Like imagine somebody just like, like a very cinematic (laughs) scene where somebody's going for a jar of peanut butter and just putting a big glob. on. Well, I mean that it wasn't a movie, but that like Maury Povich, that that was, that was a whole Maury segment. Remember that? 
No. They bring I mean, people I on board and they go, I remember more. They go, this freaks are scared of balloons. Well, here's a clown that's just covered in balloons. And, and they be like, nah, and they freak oh out. Oh, my it's God, dude. Maury was... Maury is that's a that's a sad you know those fucking those weird fucking twins that would be on Maury. <laughs> I was gonna say Dude. maybe they have, and then it turns out one of them actually slept with the other yeah, one. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, partner, and they didn't know it was a mistake. <laughs> what about this one? Uh, arithmophobia. <clears throat> arithmophobia. Oh, I I I have a good guess. I think. Uh, well, I'm gonna have to say uh, fear of numbers. Oh, okay, yeah. Were you much, I was gonna say fear of math. Fear of numbers. Uh, many people grow uh. up dreading math class, but people with arithmophobia have a genuine fear of numbers. People with this fear usually experience anxiety associ- associated with doing math or dealing with numbers in general versus fear of actually seeing the number symbol. The fear of numbers is also sometimes referred to as numerophobia. Arithmophobia can significantly impair a person's life as it's difficult to do many tasks or occupations without dealing with numbers. I bet. <laughs> that yeah. would be really, Now, I, I don't have really this one hard. on here, but there's another one that is the fear of the number eight. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Imagine uh, walking up to the... Octophobia? To, it is. I, it is octophobia. Yeah, Imagine is. walking yeah. up to the, yeah. the like a grocery store clerk and, and you're like, please, please don't tell me how much it costs. <laughs> just take my, just take card, my like, wallet and yeah. do it for me. Charge me whatever. Just don't tell me the number. Right? It would be really hard. How about how about this <laughs> one? See that uh, number. Yeah. Phobophobia. <clears throat> oh my god! Fear of being afraid. Oh, I uh, yeah. I I I saw this one on an article that led me to this article, which is yeah, fear of it's having the, phobias. It's fear, fear of phobias. phobias. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, were you <laughs> Brian? Were you on one of those sites that where you where like that you. Like one of those things that you click on at the very bottom of a web page, <laughs> yeah. where, where you have to click through. Yeah, he like, made he made thirty cents where you have, somewhere, to, somewhere, where you have to click through like twenty images. Yeah, yeah no, that's um, a, that's really funny. I'm pretty sure that is what one of these sites is. But uh, I actually found this because I was watching a YouTube video of of ten hundred using random character generators to generate uh, drawing prompts, and in it there was uh, one of the character generators had. A, a phobia, like your your the character had phobias, and the one was phobophobia. Yeah, and I was like, that's so meta and also really interesting. So then I googled what are the weirdest phobias. Yeah, and then I just copy and pasted this article into. Yeah, so because uh, if you've got a fear Slack. of fears, then you're just in, always in fear because you're. F- <laughs> Yeah, fearful of the fear. Phobophobia is a fear of phobias. <laughs> yeah. uh, this this can be described as free floating anxiety, where a person spirals into a circle of anxiety due to fearing fear itself. In that respect, it is a self fulfilling prophecy. Phobophobia Man. is commonly co diagnosed with other types of specific phobias and is often associated with anxiety disorders. People with phobophobia will often avoid social situations or other situations that can lead to anxiety. When extreme, it will greatly interfere with a person's doesn't individual. It, yeah. does, doesn't it feel like phobias in general? Like you can understand how they exist and you could understand that a person could suffer from that, but it feels almost like it would be impossible to really find somebody that, that has one of these types of phobias, like one of these, like like the fear of the peanut butter stuck on the roof. I feel like there's thing. quite a few people like th- that one specifically where you wouldn't even know you wouldn't be able to name it or say it or no, you know what I mean? You right. Would, you would yeah. just, you would just be, you would just someone, you'd probably just get diagnosed with anxiety. 
And yeah. and it's going well. Why do you have anxiety? And you're just like, well, I, I fucking, know. I'm, I'm scared I'm, of scared. I'm, 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 but you wouldn't even. I don't. You probably wouldn't even say no, that. Yeah, just, right. You'd just be like, I'm just fucking anxious. I'm just always. I think always, that's yeah. and I think that's what it feels like. It feels like these specific phobias are really just like a result or manifestation of like some like bigger it would be you know, interesting to is, get to the diagnosis of one of these because yeah. like i feel like the diagnosis like I, i'm curious if and i just don't know enough about this so i'm just i'm just guessing but i wonder if people can have any one of these phobias in particular and just have that fear but like no comorbid yeah. sort of mental health issues like anxiety or yeah. I, I had a fear like i had a phobia of hornets growing up but like, like, a, like a phobia, legit. phobia. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like if there was a hornet in this room, I would be. Yeah, it's not. It, it's past. I don't have that anymore. But it was. It was pretty bad. And it's interesting it's because I got stung when I was a, a, a like a, a a wee 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 kid. Right. It's interesting as a dog owner to like see people who are afraid of dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially oh, like yeah. donut. Right. Like yeah, this and, little and fluffy, Rupert, cute like, fucking thing, and people yeah. are like, ah. Yeah. You know. I mean, those people. I. I guess you can understand how the phobia could come from either, you know, being attacked by a dog or, or yeah. like whatever underlying thing causes you to. And for dogs, that way. for dogs, it can be, we, we had a, uh, not in the teacher training that we ran last fall, but the year before that, um, we had a girl in our training who she, uh, she was born in India, moved to Canada like five or six years ago. And, she had a she had a really big fear of dogs and we were bringing loki to the training and over the course of the month of the training um and i and i remember asking her like you know where cuz she was she was she was she was like i'm fine with him being here i just i'm just letting you know that like if i if he comes near me and i you know kind of make a jump then that's th- this is why and i remember having a conversation about it with her and I don't think she had been bit I think it was just kind of like a general like more of like how dogs were perceived culturally where she where she grew up and um Mm -hmm. and she but she would see Loki sitting like next to me and laying down and like snoring and being cute and just kind of lazing around and she was like I want to love him because she was like from here when she's at the other end of the room, she was like, I want, I, I want to love him because yeah, he looks so cute from where I'm sitting now. It's like, if you watched a, a you saw a dragon from like, right. You know, a hundred feet away and it was being like yeah. cute and yeah. stuff. You'd be like, Oh man, that dragon's but then a bear. Was, yeah. And then it's a bear. Yeah. 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 But a dragon, I mean, more a bear than is, a bear. Is, dragons <laughs> don't exist. Yeah. So. Bears <laughs> are, bear, bears are realistic. Oh. But by the end of training, but she, 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 she really went towards it. Yeah. And and by the end of training, Loki was sitting yeah. on her mat and she was petting him and the like word letting her lick her face and stuff. Yeah. Like it was in, it was incredible. Um, and then on the last day, he bit her fucking nose. Yeah, yeah. And, and she, she never came back. She died. Again. Yeah, you had to put him down since. Um, <laughs> how about this one? Xanthophobia. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, yeah. Say it. I think it's a fear of gum. Oh, uh, that's okay. a good one. Yeah. I was thinking um, a fear of uh, uh, rubber. A fear of the color yellow. Oh. Xanthophobia is a fear of the color yellow. Sometimes it feels like they just don't make sense of the names. I mean, I'm sure it does in some way. I just don't know what xantha means. 
Uh, people with this rare phobia are usually also afraid of any object that is yellow, such as school buses and flowers. <laughs> That's not funny. People with xanthophobia. No, it's debilitating. People with xanthophobia. I mean, think about it. You see a school bus and you fucking scares the shit out of but you. Not because That's it's a awful. bus, just That's because awful. it's yellow. And like beautiful flowers. Like yeah, you, you drive by, you drive by a funny. field of dandelions and you're like, drive off the fucking road and flip. But wait, but in, but this is what I'm saying. Like, like is there is there a, a person that just lives with that phobia that yeah. doesn't have that doesn't have like right. some other yeah 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 probably serious mental actually health? for real probably I guess so yeah right like yeah. It, does that just does that is that I mean, just I how mean it works? all of these all of I these know, man. all of these are tied to some sort of traumatic event I would say probably right yeah. I don't even know maybe yeah yeah no like, I maybe, would say like yeah. almost certainly but like what makes you f- yeah so like there's okay. trauma there but like yeah I'm sure someone has a fucking fear of yellow. Well, this is a conversation and, that didn't come out on the podcast because the fucking episode got deleted. But we talked to, is it Brendan or Brandon in Ottawa? Brandon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brandon. Yeah. Agoraphobia. Ag- yeah. But agoraphobia. And, We've been dying to get and, back and, then. and we are going to re-record it because yeah. so, it was a f- super interesting conversation. But like, He never got back to me. I think he's, I think, I think he's, he's, afraid, he's afraid he thinks he has to leave. <laughs> I mean, he might be. I don't know. But, he, he hasn't but was there, back. but do you guys remember in that conversation? Do you guys yeah. remember? Let's remember. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> What's email phobia? I'll message him. I have email phobia you, too, actually. Do you guys remember in that conversation if there was, if that was like, you know, I'm using the word logically a little loosely, but like logically linked to an event that he had had where yeah, he was like I, I left mean, in an apartment store or something at one point. I mean, I and, bet you that even if he doesn't know this, I bet, I bet you through therapy, you, you could, you can't just, I don't know. I, I, I shouldn't say that you can't, but it's hard for me to believe that you just like, there's no reason at all. You just have the phobia. No, but, but I think that's why I think like with that, it's just like, it's a manifestation of anxiety. Sure. Yeah. Right. And, and that all starts somewhere from an event. It all starts somewhere. Well, not all mental illness comes from a, a, a like a point of trauma necessarily too. So. Not necessarily, but there, but, but, but I think, I think a lot of mental illness does have an, it, there's a, there's an impetus. There's something that, yeah. that, there's something that catalyzes that, that pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Like COVID would be a good example of one that that event has now caused a lot of people to live with anxiety mm-hmm. because if it wasn't for that event. And you can see it. Yeah. Like you can see it in how people like people's just, auras just move around each other. Like the way that, it's su- yeah. super obvious. People with xanthophobia yeah. maybe uh, may avoid the color yellow at all costs. That they may even find yellow foods to be distressing. This this last sentence. This uh, this phobia tends to interfere with everyday life as yellow things can be found everywhere. <laughs> oh, this is God. one of those Buzzfeed articles. Yeah. That, yeah. You can tell by the way it's. What written. about uh, <laughs> what about <laughs> optophobia? Wait, wait. Before uh, just really qu- really quick, like, do you think that with the yellow fear, like, is that are you suggesting that like there could have been an event like? Somebody was held at knife point, and the knife was yellow. Sure, and like yeah, I guess, and for then example. that's why it's like sure. yeah, it's like the red shoes thing and f- foot fetishes, or yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, uh, optophobia, optophobia, uh, fear of oh, I, oh, losing your eyesight. I was going to say the same thing: fear of being blind, becoming blind, fear of opening one's eyes. Oh, the opposite. Wow. Whoa. Optophobia is a fear of opening one's eyes. This fear can be extremely debilitating as it is hard no for doubt. an individual to carry out a daily activity without opening their eyes. 
people with Dude, optophobia Uma, may where is this article this from? is written by a 20 year old that was just got where their first writing yeah because like everything is, from, is extremely debilitating this is from this is from the recoveryvillage.com which is a uh it's a, a drug and re uh, wow drug and alcohol rehab website oh wow. um uh globophobia fear of traveling yeah i was gonna say the same thing fear of the gym Specifically, <laughs> <Globo gym>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Fear of Ben Spiller. <laughs> it's uh, fear of balloons. Uh, globo, uh, uh, globophobia is a fear of balloons. The level of fear varies from person to person. Can range from avoiding being near balloons to avoiding places with balloons. In some people, the fear is so great that even seeing a balloon on television will trigger in- intense anxiety. Um, globophobia is usually brought on by a traumatic experience with um, balloons as a child such as popping a balloon or being frightened by the there balloons. was a there was a, a woman that i worked with in events um in dubai who had that yeah, yeah. and we like oftentimes would have balloons can't at have events a, yeah can't have balloons and at uh, events and afterwards now. you have to pop them all yeah. and then like like yeah. dispose of the garbage and um i you went don't to just pop leave the garbage no you don't um depends where you are um <laughs> So one time I went to pop the balloon, like the first time I was working there and I popped it and she started screaming and, and people were like, Oh, you got to wait until she's out of the room. And I was like, how are you supposed to know that? Like like somebody's got to, somebody's got to fill you in. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, I learned my lesson that then I made from then on. Kyla popped, uh, (laughs) Kyla, you know, the, uh, you know, the, it's not, not bubble wrap, but you know, the, um, the, Sort of bubble, the like, large bubble wrap that comes in uh, yes. uh, Amazon boxes yes. when Kyla orders one single fucking yes single small <laughs> like three milliliter bottle of like essential a nail, oil like a, like a nail, that comes like in a, a nail, box the size polish. of like an Xbox would fit in. Yeah, that's yeah. So it's crazy, so insane. I'm yeah. like, yo, why don't you have those size boxes? Yeah, um, she popped it yesterday, and I wasn't looking. She did it right behind me. And scared the shit. You know, when you get that, (laughs) like that feeling in your chest, when you get that moment, you thought you were dead and you're like, Oh, my heart almost exploded. I just got shot. Yeah. Uh, this is a really hard one. Decidophobia. Fear of making tough decisions. Yeah. The fear of making, making any, any decision. decision. Any yeah, decision. Any decision. Yeah. The side of is a fear of making decisions. Um, making any kind of decision can seem impossible for someone with the side of I feel like I've had Dude, some girlfriends. Imagine this. I feel like I've had some girlfriends <laughs> with the side of phobia. Imagine that? Has that. Imagine that. <laughs> you're, sitting, you're sitting down and you're going, and you're going, I got to get okay, up. Okay, I'm going to get up. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. No. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh. Um, uh, the, oh, uh, this is really interesting. Um, uh, so it's impossible for them to make decisions. They do not trust their own opinions. A person with decidophobia may excessively rely on others to help them with decision-making. They may even turn to ex- external sources such as astro- astrology for advice. Uh, Dude, this sounds like 40% of the population. It sure does. That's why I made that joke about uh, having girlfriends in the past with decidophobia. Uh, okay, here's here's this one, okay? I can't even say this word. Hold on. Just let's pause for a sec because... N- Regard separate from the fucking decidophobia, is there not is there anything more annoying than just not being able to make a fucking decision? It's highly annoying when you're the person that can't too. Like you, you ever at a restaurant and there's 
so many things on the menu and you're like decision oh, paralysis man, fuck i don't know no i don't do that because i look at the menu and i just pick something really quickly yeah and then kyla will and well then, you're better than all of us and then this is yeah right yeah kyla does this all the time we'll go to a restaurant i will look at a menu pick something almost immediately and then and then kyle will go what are you getting and i'll and i'll say what i'm getting and then she'll go well there's th- like there's yeah. there's this and, she, and i'll go Already made. It's the worst. Already know. Every single time. <laughs> I go, don't need to know yeah, that. Every single time. Because already know. Every time I go to Starbucks, there's the decidophobia person in front of me and I'm going, dude. Have you never been here before? Fucking pick the <laughs> egg bites and go. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny is uh, I find that I make a decision really quick when I get to a restaurant because I'm always so fucking hungry too. Um, but oftentimes what I really like to do is... I, I'm like an, a, an efficiency person. Like I like to be efficient when I do things. And so oftentimes I will ask to then keep the menu after I've ordered. And then I will, whoopsie, sorry. <laughs> and then, and then I will uh, look through the menu at other things that I might've l- liked if I would have taken more time to look at it. And then the next time I come in, I'll just order yeah. that. How thing. do you feel about this? How do you feel about this chair? Cause I, I know how you feel about this. And I've, I never I've, regret my I've food. I've seen decision. you do this before as well. And, you know, and John does this almost every time we go to yeah. dinner. How do you feel about people asking the server about things on the menu? I, I do it all the time. I you do it all the time? It. I, yeah, do, yeah. It. I yeah. do it oftentimes okay. too. Um, nine usually, times out of ten doesn't disappoint. Yeah. And, dude, why wouldn't you? Because as somebody who used to work at a restaurant, a couple different restaurants, like, you know that person knows the menu yeah, you know the, the best. Food, like, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I, I could easily yeah. recommend the best thing off a menu if I've been eating there for. I oftentimes will do it where food. I go, look, I, I'm having a hard time deciding between this yes. one and this yes. one. Out of your opinion, which one is like mm-hmm. the best? I get that. Yeah. See, I think and they go, and oftentimes they'll go, well, if you're more hungry, this one comes with a bigger portion. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, if you want something that just like tastes unbelievable, go with this one and sometimes i'm like yeah actually that's a good point See, I'm, I'm not starving right now so i'll take the i'll take the one yes. that isn't going to fill and me up that's the whatever. only valuable information yeah. because they can't tell you what you actually like more in terms of taste i think that that's kind true. of like yeah, if you just I go that's what's good and they go yeah. avocado toast yeah. you go well, i don't it's, fucking like avocado you need, yeah. you need a good mental no tip rubric. for you <laughs> you need a good mental rubric for yeah. it like yeah. like how much i'm usually asking like what's more food because yeah. i just want to eat more shit yeah see i think i don't i don't like it or I, I've, or sorry, I should say I don't like it. Sometimes it's annoying when someone's taking fucking forever. But for the most part, I'm like whatever. I, but I've never asked. I've never done that in my entire life. I've never done. I do. And I think the reason time. is because you just have I more look confidence. At a, I look at a self confidence. I look at a better people. than us. I yeah. look at a menu. I look at a menu and I choose. Yeah. Because because most people are here. Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. yeah right. And in fact, you're um you're actually. Uh, super picky as well. So there's only ever one thing on a menu that you like too. So you're actually right. Like you, there's no choice. It's hundred percent, hundred percent confidence. Yes. Yeah. This uh, says <laughs> this is the last one. I can't even say this word, so I'm gonna play it. Hippopotamonstrosis quipidaliophobia. Hippopotamonstrosis quipidaliophobia. Hippopotamonstrosis quipipedialphobia. What do you uh, think that is? I know. I mean, something to do with hippopotamus. Autumnus. First of all, I will say this. It's the longest word in the English dictionary. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> More than that uh, other word. Expialidocious. There's a, yeah. I'm going to guess that it is something, I'm guessing something that becomes very enlarged, like a very large, hippos throwing me off a bit. 
but uh, I'm going to guess like very large animal's feet. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, just a fear of hippopotamus. Hippopotomonstrosiquipedialphobia is ironically a fear of long words. <laughs> No, it isn't. No. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is believed that the phobia of long words developed from being embarrassed by pronouncing long words incorrectly. I should have this. No. Uh, this may occur while reading aloud in front of the class as a child. This phobia can be common in people with dyslexia. Mm. Dude, I, as I, if I, you give the name of the phobia the longest yeah. word in the dictionary. It should just be like, bia. Yeah, obia. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't even want to put the foe. Yeah, it's too long. I got yeah. obia. I think I think I I think I have this because Kyle and I, uh, or you know, Kyle's gonna poop out a baby any moment, <coughs> and they poop it and, out. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. And I, well, we, like Kyla's, we both have, like Scottish, Irish heritage, and our names are just way too long. Yeah. And and we we didn't we're not married, so we don't have one name. Yeah. And we we don't want our daughter's last name to be fucking Oh, how do you spell your last name? M A C K I N N O N dash M A C G I L L I V A R Y. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah, fucking yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going with Mac. Yeah. Just you, Mac. And you can do that? Like that's You can uh, do whatever the fuck you want, man. It's your sweet. kid. That's you actually, own it. Yeah. You own that. That's thing. a that's a really good idea. Yeah. M-A-C-K. Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. This was really fun. Uh, a bit of a longer one this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. If you're uh, listening on Spotify, leave a rating. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube here, hit the subscribe button. You know, give the video a thumbs up, all that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, big shout out to our, our patrons. We love you more than everyone. And uh, if you want to be a part of the Discord, it's open to the public. We, we're having wonderful chats over there. Wordle page is going off. And uh, we're, we're there supporting one another and, and having really, really meaningful, beautiful conversations. And if you uh, want to tell us a story uh, or um, tell us a story about your health, tell us a story about something that happened to you that's crazy, um, send in fan mail, letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the form. Hell yeah, and thanks as always to the people who make this show happen. A uh, huge thank you to Rich O'Coin for the theme music, to Jeff uh, Jeff O'Coin for um, being Rich's cousin, and uh, to Jeff Lonis for and being genetic our brother. <laughs> Quarantary, corn, twins, mm. Quarantary twins. Mm. I'm pissed uh, about those twins. So that, <laughs> that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor, and I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.